Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Amy. And this is the Girls in Marketing podcast. Every week, we release a new episode that you won't want to miss. Our guests are industry experts with amazing experiences, so you'll always come away with new nuggets of wisdom. From educational and inspiring episodes covering the latest in digital marketing, to casual and fun chats with the Girls in Marketing team, unpacking marketing myths and trends, we've got it all. Here at Girls in Marketing, we're all about empowering and supporting women to be the best marketers they can be through our online learning platform and community. Check out our resources and membership to get involved as we'd love to welcome you to our inner circle. Right, let's dive into an episode together. Hello and happy new year. Welcome back to the Girls in Marketing podcast for a new season. We are now on to season four. Today I am joined by a very exciting guest, our very own Olivia Hanlon. So you probably already know Olivia as one of the hosts of the Girls in Marketing podcast, but Olivia is actually also the founder and CEO of Girls in Marketing. So literally everything that we do would not happen without her. I'm lucky enough to work with Liv on a daily basis, so I know all about what she gets up to. But today I've managed to get her on the podcast so that she can give you a bit of an insight into what she gets up to as the founder of our business. So welcome Liv. I'm sure it feels a little bit strange for you today sitting in the interviewee seat rather than the host seat. Yeah. And also I feel like CEO is a big <laughs> title for not a big business, but I do tend to call myself founder and CEO, Yeah, but it is a big, whenever anyone else says it, I always think it sounds so strange. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with it. I like the title. Yeah. I think you fill the boots. <laughs> um, so first thing I want to dive into today is starting off with quite a big one. Okay. Um, If someone had told you a few years ago that you would be the founder of a business with a huge online community of women like what Girls in Marketing has, what would you have said? If someone had told me that a few years ago, I honestly wouldn't have believed you. I think it's crazy because I never really set out for Girls in Marketing to be what it is today Mm -hmm. so a few years ago it was just something I wanted to do whilst I was working full-time it was kind of a bit of a side project that I was just a bit of a passion project if you will really enjoyed doing it but I would never anticipate I, I never even anticipated to go on to hire people or have a team or for girls in marketing to be what it is definitely not I think it was a really it's always a, a really strange one for me to think about it, which is why it's so odd that I'm sat here with you <laughs> and doing this because it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So how did it actually start out? You know, obviously I know you said that you would have not believed it if someone have told you that. What did it start out as and what was your initial intention for Girls in Marketing? Yeah. So let, let's take you back a little bit oh. to summer 2019. <laughs> um, I had finished university. I was working full time in an SEO and content role and I really loved marketing, but I just didn't really want to kind of go down the path that I was going down. I love SEO and I love content, but I just felt like there was something missing for me. And I'm one of those people who just love to do something on the side, something a bit different, keep your brain active. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and make more friends in marketing because that was something else as well is I was very much in the position where I was in a in a team and I loved the people that I was working with but there wasn't really anyone who was a similar age to me who was a similar kind of vibe to me I had colleagues that were great but it wasn't anything that I wanted to kind of 
pursue it outside of work, if you yeah. will. So I wanted to find more friends who were marketers who had that same passion as me. And so, yeah, I, I decided to set up the website, to set up the Instagram page. Um, I'm very lucky that my partner is a was a web developer he's now a software engineer which mm-hmm. is a different thing if you didn't know um <laughs> and he was a web developer so he helped me set up the website and everything um and yeah I just kind of decided right I'm going to do some kind of small events for people in in the local area so northwest Liverpool Manchester and then the dreaded kind of lockdown happened um the looming lockdown was happening in kind of January 2020 so it didn't go ahead and I decided to take it online um and the actual reason that girls in marketing got so big was because I was actually rejected for a job so I went for a job at a non-profit mm. and the task in the interview phase which I know a lot of people listening will have been asked to do task interview yeah. phase before and the task was to create a full digital strategy that was completely organic because they were a non-profit. So they didn't, um, they, they didn't want to pay for ads and stuff like that. And that wasn't really my forte anyway. Mm-hmm. So created it all, absolutely loved creating it, presented it and I got rejected from the job and I was absolutely devastated. Genuinely was so sad. Again, I'm sure people will have been in that position before, yeah. um, you know, being rejected from a job that you really wanted. And I actually felt like I got it in the bag. You know, when you leave an interview and you think, yes, I've got yeah, it. Yeah, smashed it. And then email arrives you've been unsuccessful I cried I was so devastated but I use ultimately I kind of use that strategy to leverage girls and marketing to grow its online presence SEO everything like that um and yeah now it is where it is which is crazy um and I carried on working full-time for a while and then I decided to quit my job go freelance Mm -hmm. so I was freelancing kind of three to four days a week doing girls and marketing one to two days a week and yeah, it was just, it was crazy. And then now, obviously, full time on Girls in Marketing, got the team, yourself in, included, <laughs> which is, it's a, it's crazy to even think about. But I absolutely have loved every second of it. And yeah. Girls in Marketing wasn't what I thought it would be, but it's so much more than I thought it would ever be. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And, you know, I think it's really inspirational for everyone listening because like you say, I'm sure so many people will be able to relate to that thing of going for a job, having to do a task, putting a lot into it, Mm -hmm. really feeling like you've done your best and that it's going to be picked and, you know, you're going to be successful and then it doesn't come off. But I think it's a great example of turning, you know, a a negative into a positive and thinking, okay, it didn't work, but I'm not going to let it go to waste. I'm going to make something really amazing out of this and put it into my own business that I genuinely can see having a future so mm-hmm. that that's just incredible um other than kind of you know what you've done to you know build girls and marketing up starting out as wanting to be events then going online and all that sort of stuff prior to that mm. would you say that there was anything that you did for any of our listeners who are maybe kind of at an earlier stage in their career journeys maybe at university that you did that you felt really helped you to get to that point confidence wise mm-hmm. ability wise as a marketer as an individual you know any kind of guidance that you could give to people to you know do to set themselves up to do something yeah. like what you've done yeah so I originally started off with a blog when I was 15 I started a blog Love that. I've always been very um, passionate about you know female empowerment mm-hmm. and almost these kind of taboo controversial topics that people don't typically like to talk about I was always like the first one to talk about it I love having the blog I loved writing I wasn't necessarily an amazing writer I I very much just did it because I loved it and then I went off to university I did psychology at university and I actually found that you could make money from writing that wasn't something that I was totally aware of Mm -hmm. Um, and it again came from my partner he was working 
working in an agency and he was like, you know, you can actually get paid for writing blogs and like being a content writer. And I was like, no, wasn't aware of that. Um, So I started doing some like odd bits of work. I did some stuff for the agency that he worked for. I did some stuff with some other people, just like literal pennies from the work that I was doing. But I really enjoyed doing it. And that kind of got my foot in the door. I started doing some free online courses, which I always tell people to do, Mm -hmm. especially marketing ones, little bits and bobs that you can do whilst you're in university or you're kind of a grad or just getting started with things. I really enjoyed doing that. But I actually found that there wasn't many things that were accessible in terms of like education wise that kind of cut through the jargon because a lot of the stuff that is free or even if it's paid, it kind of like is full of words I didn't really understand. So I kind of, that was a part of Girls in Marketing, obviously when it started to grow the community, I really wanted to focus on accessible education that focused actually on teaching people who maybe don't have any idea at all really Mm -hmm. so yeah I definitely would recommend starting you know social media or a blog or something that you're passionate about and it doesn't have to be about marketing either my blog was about you know as I said female empowerment I did some beauty and makeup stuff because I was into that um, when I was 15 I'm not really into it anymore (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so I, I think it's just about putting yourself out there a little bit and the more you do it the more confident you'll get because when I first started freelancing and offering my kind of blog writing and content marketing services Mm. to people I wasn't confident at all and I get on a call with someone and I just sit there and wait for them to tell me what they wanted wait for them to tell me their budget whereas you know after a few years I was kind of used to it and I was like right so this is what you want what your objectives this is what you want and this is the price I would charge for that and I think it's just over time the more you do it the more you put yourself out there the better that you will become and the more confident that you will become as a marketer and as a person as well yeah definitely I can definitely tell that those experiences that you've created for yourself Mm -hmm. have helped you you know well I assume they've really helped you to kind of build that confidence and as you say doesn't start off as coming naturally to you necessarily but it's something that you do build up over time and Mm -hmm. then obviously get into the position that you're in now you're more than comfortable doing most things and it's Mm -hmm. like it actually paid off starting back when I was in university and it's just like the time you don't see it is that in that bigger picture perspective you don't think this is going to lead to me being the founder of a business but it's those little things that you do that gradually build your confidence and get you there isn't it so Kind of on that similar theme, I just wanted to ask you, because I do think that a lot of listeners will be interested in this. It's certainly something that I do kind of want to know the answer to myself. Um, You've got to be, in my opinion, a certain type of person to found a business and take on everything that comes with that. You know, it's not as easy as just, yeah, I'll do that overnight and it's fine and there's no worries, there's no troubles, there's no anything that comes with it. What would you say it is about you as a person that has made that something that one, you kind of have wanted to take on mm-hmm. and have been able to do successfully? Do you think that there's anything about you that really has helped you do that? Yeah, I think by no means is it easy for me to kind of be a business owner and it's it's not something that I ever thought it would be. Mm. And that's another thing. So many people want to start businesses and that's amazing. And I, I love to help people who want to start things, but they don't realise the actual um, kind of 
almost like velocity of what you're getting yourself into, especially when you become an employer or when you become a leader of a team. Um, And I think to be a business owner and to be a successful business owner, you've got to be moldable. You've got to be able to put yourself in positions that you maybe don't want to be. You know, some days you've got to be your own accountant. Some days you've got to be your own um, marketer. Sometimes you've got to be all of these different things. Mm. And you've got to be able to learn because that's something that I love learning, not necessarily in a traditional sense, but in a sense of sometimes I'm wrong. There'll be times and there's been times with us within the team where someone said, oh, I re- you know, I've said I really want to do this thing. And someone said, actually, like, I don't think that'll work. I think this will work better. I learn so much off of you guys as a team. Mm-hmm. And I think that being willing to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not right in this occasion. I want to learn. I want to, you know, do this thing instead mm-hmm. is so important as a business owner. And so many business owners forget that, that they actually what's the point in having a team if you're not going to listen to them yeah and what's the point in having a business if you're not going to uh, evolve and grow over time and for me it's it's honestly just about being moldable being able to change being able to evolve and being able to do it quickly that's another thing there's so many businesses that I see founders of businesses that sit on ideas for years and years and it's it's fine like it's okay to sit on an idea and to think oh it'll be really good to do this but what's going to happen is someone's going to get there first if Mm. you want to start a business you've got to do it and you've got to be sure of yourself yeah I definitely agree with that I think you're right sometimes it is a case of just jumping on an idea when you have it and I would agree with you that's definitely what you've done I think I'd be in the other category and I think you know what I'm okay with that like I say I'm not the type of person who wants to do that maybe if I had something that I thought was really groundbreaking Mm -hmm. I might have the courage to do it but you know I don't know um but I think the other thing that I would say is a quality that I think that you seem to have really you know that makes this more possible for you as a person is that I think that no matter what you face and no matter the challenges that come you know to us as a as a team um you seem to really balance your personal and professional life quite well mm-hmm. whether that's just something that I look at you and I think wow she's doing this so well and under the under the surface you're thinking like oh my god I gotta do this but I really do think that you seem to have like a very healthy balance. I mean, as healthy as it can possibly be with all of the responsibilities that you have on top of you. How is it that you found that balance? I think it's been a process mm. and I also think I'm still working on it. There are some days when I will work till, you know, 9, 10, 11 at night, which is, isn't is something that I would recommend. But as a startup founder, it's something that sometimes you have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really buy into the kind of hustle toxic hustle culture that that there is but very much so sometimes as a founder there will be times that you will have to work late and you will have to work weekends but for me it's been about finding that balance of sometimes I actually just need to rest it's a weekend other people are resting you should rest things I always say and I know I say this to, to you guys but it's it's not life or death yeah you know if you've got to do something it's not life or death Mm -hmm. don't think of it it can wait till Monday it can wait till tomorrow morning and actually it's really helped me as a person to keep saying that to you guys and to myself as well to say actually it's not the end of the world there will be things that are urgent sometimes Mm. but you know if a client calls you this isn't something that we struggle with as a as a team but I know so many people in our community say you know a client will call me late at night and they want to make social media changes at 11 p.m. for a post that's going out in a week. Mm. It's like, that's not life or death. And all you need to say to yourself and to that client is, 
okay, I understand where you're coming from and I get that we need to make these changes, but actually that isn't happening until next week. Let's just wait. I'll do them tomorrow morning mm. and say that to yourself, say that to a client. And I find that that really helps me to to step back. And, you know, sometimes when we leave the office, I just say, right, I know I've done, I've been really productive today. I'm going to just go home. I'm going to relax. Sometimes I'll go home. I'll open my laptop, do a little bit of something and then I'll kind of close it and that's it. Yeah. But I, I always tell myself not to spend too much time on things. I've started using a tool recently called Llama Life, which is um, kind of a bit of a Pomerodo timer um, tool. It's really, really helped me with just making sure I'm only spending a set amount of time on the things I'm doing because otherwise as well as a founder and as someone who sometimes has days I'm more productive than others if I say right I'm gonna spend an hour doing this you know analysis report and then I just go in I just spend three hours on it Mm. but it didn't need to take me three hours it only needed to take me one because I just it just took me three hours because I, I didn't tire myself yeah I think it's just about that. It's about making sure that you are as productive as you can be in the hours that suit you. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, you know, I'm not in the office at 9am. You know, everyone takes a mick out of me and says I'm never in the (laughs) office at 9am. But I'm not, you know, I know you, Amy, are more of a morning person. So you'd rather get in like earlier. You'd rather like, you know, get up, seize the day. Mm -hmm. I really wish I was that person, (laughs) I'll be honest. Um, But I'm not. I work a lot better later on. I, I like having the day and I equal really like having the evening and the night yeah sometimes I'm a bit of a morning person it just depends on the day and on the week really yeah and I think for me it's just understanding how I work best and making sure that I fit my work and my personal life around that yeah and just appreciating actually what I have and the kind of ability to to mold myself into work life home life is is just really is it's ideal it's great yeah definitely and I do from you know an outside but sort of inside, you know, the team perspective, I definitely see that. And I do think that you seem to have a really good balance. Um, I think another thing that comes with being, um, you know, the founder of a startup is that, you know, with everything that comes with it, all of the responsibilities, all of the kind of got to get dones, um, I guess, I don't know whether that this is necessarily true in your case, I'd be interested to know, but how have you found that it's impacted on your personal life in terms of like your relationships, your friendships, those sorts of things? Has it had a strain on any of those sorts of things? Have you had to ever sit back and consciously think, I need to prioritise some of these things a little bit more. I'm letting the business kind of take over. Mm -hmm. Have you had to deal with that? And what have you sort of done if that has been the case for you? Yeah, definitely when I first started Girls in Marketing and I quit my job because Mm. I needed to make an income. So I was having freelance clients and running Girls in Marketing simultaneously. I very much was prioritising money and making sure that I had enough money to live on. And at that time, you know, I kind of did step back and I didn't really pay as much attention to family, pay as much attention to friends. Um, But I really just enjoy now, obviously because we've got a team and I'm able to trust people to do work, I don't have to do as much as I had to do then. Mm. So I really like the fact that I can just kind of hand it over to other people and then kind of in in my own time, catch up with family, catch up with friends, stuff like that. And I I have to consciously sometimes say to myself, oh, I haven't spoken to this person in a while. I'm going to give them a message. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'll just go through 
and sometimes I'll just blitz send messages to like about <laughs> five or six different people. Yeah. I just go, oh, should we go for a coffee, a catch up soon? Let's go for a, you know, something to eat. And then that's kind of out of my mind. They'll reply or remind me, we'll get a date set in and it's great and I love that. Mm. But it's not easy. It's definitely not. It's just about making sure you're making a conscious effort. Um, and, you know, it is a two-way street. So these people need to be making an effort with you, but you need to make sure that you are available because mm. that's another thing. I used to have a running joke with some of my family that people would say, oh, you're always working, you're never available. And I said to them, no, I am. I'm actually probably more available than you than you think I am. Um, and now my mum calls me at like 3 p.m. on a Monday. And then <laughs> now she thinks you're too available. <laughs> now she's like, why are you, are you in work? Or when she popped into the office the other day, she was like, why are you working? I was like, because I'm in the office working. <laughs> so I think just making sure that people know you are available and yeah. you're available for them and reach out to them if, if needs be. I think that's really helped me. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely true. And, you know, I think you've got to make that effort. But equally, yeah, you know, if people have this perception of, oh, well, Olivia's a busy founder now, so I can't I can't interrupt her. I can't, you know, ask her to do things because she won't have the time for me. It's making it clear to them that actually, no, I do want to do stuff. Just mm-hmm. let me know and I'll make the time. Yeah. Um. So, yes, moving on slightly from your personal life back to Girls in Marketing, um, be really, I'd be really interested to know from your perspective, from a, the business side of things, what have the biggest sort of hurdles been for you? Have there been any points where you've faced something and thought, you know, wow, my, you know, confidence in being able to do this has been quite, you know, tested? Or mm-hmm. has it always been a case of, yeah, there have been a few bumps in the road, but I've always known we'd get through them? Yeah. I don't know. There's been ebbs and, it ebbs and flows. Mm. I think sometimes as a team we very much trial things sometimes things go really well and sometimes they flop sometimes they don't do well and Mm -hmm. it is a learning curve but I don't think there's really been anything up to this point that's been significant that has been a hurdle I think possibly the biggest thing that's ever happened is obviously starting to hire people and becoming an employer was a big thing for me becoming a leader to a team Mm -hmm. and kind of handing off elements of the business like handing off elements of girls in marketing and you know when Martha originally started because she was the first person who was Mm full-time allowing her to come in and kind of like take take on what she took on was a really scary concept for me and then when obviously yourself and other, you know other people came in Kira and when Lauren was went here as well it was very much a learning curve for me to to do that and I think that it's not a bad thing it, it's good to be able to have a team and, and hand that off but also it's very scary yeah it's not necessarily a bump in the road for me it's more just a bit of a learning curve to understand sometimes you just need to say I trust these people yeah. to do what they do best. And actually they're probably better than me at doing those things. So I'm I'm happy to give it to them. Yeah. I think that's something that I really struggled with at the beginning, but something now I'm so grateful for. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think kind of something that I did also want to come on to was obviously a big part of your role growing a team is having to be okay with taking that step back from the everyday doing or not necessarily take a step back from but 
your doing every day isn't necessarily the doing that you were used to as a marketer. You know, a lot of the doing you do now is more business owner doing. So Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, when when we're working on marketing campaigns and, you know, we're doing really exciting stuff and maybe working with brands and that sort of stuff, I know it's something that really excites you and you do still obviously get involved. Mm -hmm. But how did you find or how are you finding that transition? Um, I know that you said it's been a bit of like a learning curve for you. What what what's that been like? Yeah. No, it has been really strange mm. because almost I don't feel like meetings are work. I don't know if anyone else feels like <laughs> that, but sometimes I feel like meetings mm. are not work. But actually, when you're leading a team, meetings are work yeah. because you're helping people understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I always used to think meetings aren't work, but they actually are. Yeah. Um. So when I I would normally do my big to do list for the day, and then I would at the end of the day have none of it done because I've been doing other things where it's like I've been you know having meetings with you or having meetings with Marth and all these other things and then I think I haven't done any of my to-do list Mm. but actually that's part of my to-do yeah yeah. so it's something that I'm still learning all the time is actually being more realistic with the tasks that I'm able to do Mm -hmm. and as well taking time working from home I know you know as a team we all we all work from home sometimes and they're my deep focus days I take the time I say right I know if I'm in the office on a Monday Tuesdays I know we both love Tuesday for a deep work um, day and I will go home on a Tuesday and I literally more or less won't talk to anyone because we've had the Monday to talk to collaborate to have the meetings Tuesday I'm like right I've got this to do all of these different things and I'll just really focus and some days I don't stand up for like the morning <laughs> oh, or the God. afternoon that's why I started wearing my Apple watch more because it's like stand up yeah so <laughs> I, I'm making a conscious effort to do that but mm. I will just sit there and I'll just really deep focus I've got llama life on and I'm absolutely smashing out the work but I think it's just about being realistic with your to-do list because that is something I'm working on all the time yeah definitely and like you say those meetings and those things that you maybe didn't used to think will work, actually you're facilitating the rest of the team being mm-hmm. able to do their job effectively. So it is still such a productive thing to do, isn't it? It just maybe doesn't feel like a tick on your to-do list, but yeah. it actually is helping people tick off stuff on theirs. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. But kind of um, in terms of you being a leader then, I know that everybody is a completely different type of leader. To some people it comes really naturally. To some people it's like a real step change in what they've been used to and how they're used to kind of working as an individual what sort of leader do you try to be like Mm -hmm. how do you want to be perceived by the team Mm -hmm. what sort of values do you want to make sure that you're kind of emanating as a leader as a leader I I always strive to be a collaborator someone who is more than open to the team having their input Mm -hmm. I don't want to be someone who almost just kind of dictates what everyone's doing because there are aspects of things that I'm like oh I think this would be really good but I'm also open to people saying actually I don't think that will work so sometimes and I know we often do it sit down have a big kind of session where we just chat about different things about you know sessions that we want to do programs that we want to run brands that we want to work with just all sitting down and just collaborating Mm -hmm. no matter you know what seniority someone is or you know where someone is in the business just all sitting down and, and thinking about that because and I know I have ideas, but oftentimes you, you guys have the best ideas. So it's almost for me about that collaboration. And that's mm-hmm. something that I try as a leader to lead with is actually I I probably know the least out of everyone. I know about girls in marketing and I know, you know, aspects of marketing from SEO and content. But actually now, because I've spent so long kind of being the leader, mm-hmm. it's almost like, 
actually I trust you guys to do what you do best yeah um so yeah I think it's about collaboration and values for me as a leader is very much transparency honesty mm-hmm. you know openness with with the team because that's something that I see a lot of leaders not doing people often say oh I'm so transparent with the team and I'm like but are you though you're not like you know you're still hiding figures from them you're still not telling them you know these different things and you will know I'm so open with you know financial figures I'm so open with what's happening in the business and stuff like that and you know it's not that I'm coming in and I'm saying these are my financial burdens or anything like that but it's almost like so you guys understand how the business is running as well and that helps me because that allows me to be transparent and open so that when we have amazing wins everyone knows it's an amazing win and Mm -hmm. it's not just a win because it's not my win because everyone's been a part of that so for me it's just about making sure that everyone knows you know the the ups and the downs but not being too much of a a Debbie Downer and saying oh this is anything but we are quite lucky because it's not something that we struggle with where I'm like oh we're really struggling or anything Mm -hmm. like that so it's almost for me just being about transparency and openness and that's something that I want to continue with because that's just something that I lead with as a person as well as a, a leader yeah definitely and and you know I could I feel like I can vouch for the team and speak for the team and saying that we all definitely do know that and you know it is it's a great way of working from from our perspective being involved in the business kind of in that capacity mm-hmm. um so as it's January it's a new year yeah. it's the universally acknowledged time for setting goals new starts all that sort of stuff I've got to ask you do you have any goals for this year? We'll start with personal goals. Okay. Do you have any personal goals for this year that you want to achieve? Yeah, I think just, I mean, going back to what we were saying about kind of work-life balance, mm. not necessarily work-life balance, but more just understanding that like getting up early, that's something I want to do more. <laughs> I want to kind of get up a little bit earlier. And like today I got up, it was like, you know, early, it was six o'clock. I was like, six o'clock. <gasps> I know. I, I never know. thought I'd see the day. So good. I know. <laughs> what can I say? So six o'clock, I was like buzzing, but I went to bed a bit earlier because I'm quite a, a bit of a, and my partner would hate me saying I'm a night owl because he says you're not a night owl at all. <laughs> but I kind of stay up sometimes till like about midnight. Mm. But And I know for a lot of people that that's average, but I also know for a lot of people that that's quite late. Yeah, that's late for me. But I know I need seven hours sleep, right? Seven hours, that's all I need. I know I need it. And then I'm I'm fine. Mm. So I said to myself last night, I'm going to bed at 11 o'clock. So I got in bed about kind of half 10, quarter to 11 and I was gone away. I'm someone who falls asleep really quickly. So by 11 o'clock, I was gone. So I knew that I could get up at six o'clock and at six o'clock, I was wide awake Mm -hmm. because all I needed was those seven hours. So yeah, getting up earlier is one of my new year's resolutions I will monitor that I'll be holding you to that one <laughs> yeah I think just being realistic as well I yeah. know I'm not going to get up every day at six but yeah, yeah. seven is where I'm starting right now I want to try and be an early riser at seven o'clock yeah um and then I think another thing yeah is definitely personal life and just making bit, a bit more of an effort with people being the person that reaches out and just kind of like follows up with people make sure people's okay because sometimes people just won't reach out to you when they're struggling mm. um and yeah just continue to kind of do what I'm doing now because I, I don't really think there's many things that I really want to do other than just like improve on what I'm already doing yeah and just kind of like little tweaks and stuff like that my new year's resolutions are never 
I want to change the world or anything like that. I know sometimes people are, but for me, it's just like little tiny things that yeah. just would be a bonus. Yeah. And I think as a marketer, your own goals are always going to be smart. You're mm-hmm. never going to go out there with <laughs> something unrealistic, you know, not <laughs> measurable, not achievable. It's always going to be something that you can actually do mm-hmm. with small changes. You know, you're not on top of building a business. It's not likely that you're going to all of a sudden become like, you know, an amazing professional ballroom dancer overnight. <laughs> like you've got to be quite yeah. realistic. Um, but then on the other side, any big goals for Girls in Marketing as a business? Any yeah. little kind of sneak peek upcoming that yeah. you can share with us? With- so I we spoke about this before and I was like, what can I share? What can I not share? <laughs> um, so in terms of Girls in Marketing, we've got a lot of amazing plans. We've got some main objectives next year. Mm-hmm. And one of them is to improve member experience. Mm-hmm. And we really want to make sure we obviously have our membership and you if you're listening to podcasts, you might be aware of the membership by now, but we want to really increase and just be have that as an amazing platform, just increase member experience mm-hmm. because we've got some amazing members and I've heard some absolutely unreal stories of members just being amazing, getting promotions, you know, kind of getting salary rises, all those sorts of things. And I love stuff like that. That's what wakes me up in the morning in all honesty um not at 6am though (laughs) that's my alarm (laughs) not quite that early um and I think for me it's just about improving member experience and that's something that we're gonna really try to do and we've got some really big plans but that's all I can share that's all I've been told that I can share okay (laughs) been told by yourself the rest of the team yeah just it's a bit under wraps but I I think that's enough to keep people little nuggets yeah I I like that there's definitely more to come I don't think it's going to be long either until people start to see you know some of the changes that we're making so I think that's really really exciting amazing well I'm really looking forward to that so before we finish and before we wrap up this episode which has been very long overdue in my opinion and I hope people (laughs) have really enjoyed the last question that I want to ask you is I know that there will have already been so many of them like we've already kind of discussed during this episode you know amazing achievements that you've had so far if there was something a particular achievement or you know a particular thing that you could say is a standout from you know throughout your journey so far with girls in marketing what would you say is your biggest achievement it's that's such a difficult question I feel like for me it's all the little things you know it's inside and outside it's the stuff that goes on within the team Mm. it's being able to you know bring on like new people bring on new talent and be able to like train them and have them like be amazing but also it's about you know seeing the impact on the community the people that we impact you know the salary the jobs that we get people the salary rises not the jobs that we get people but the jobs that people get for themselves yeah help them get yeah yeah it's been loads of different things hosting events has been a big thing for me you know really big achievements we had our first ever in-person event and then now we're doing member events which is amazing so I think it's just been so many different things I honestly I know you said <laughs> one, but I, I can't I it's feel fine. like there's so many things in 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 of it but yeah it's just been an absolute whirlwind but I would not change it for the world yeah amazing well thank you so much for this episode yeah. and I hope everyone enjoys it thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the girls in marketing podcast we love hearing from you so if you enjoyed this episode leave us a review to let us know your thoughts and make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button to be the first to hear when our new episodes released don't forget if you want to get involved with girls in marketing check out our membership to join our incredible community of marketers think marketing resources courses webinars and more find out more on our website or drop us a message on any of our social channels at girls in marketing 